Uh, right now, uh, we're going to have Pastor Myung-Wan come up, and she's going to deliver the word for us tonight. Let's welcome up Pastor Myung-Wan. All right, I got like little time. Um, Noble was preaching up here, so <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> Anyways, Papa gave me permission to just have fun tonight. Is that okay with you? I'm just going to have fun, all right? Okay. Uh, my name is Myung-Wan Choi. I'm one of the intern pastors here. I think my mic is a little too loud, right? <laughs> okay, it's okay. <laughs> By the way, do you guys like my new bangs? Did anyone notice that? Do you like it? Oh, yeah? You like it? Okay. I appreciate your little words of affirmation here and there. <laughs> but you don't have to lie. I'm secure, okay? <laughs> but, dude, I went to hair salon last night, and I was walking in. I just got it because I have no time during the week. And I just was walking in. I didn't know a specific thing in my mind. So I just walked in. I gave her the length that I wanted, and she made it like this. I look like one of your hagwon kids, right? But, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, as I was walking out... A verse popped in my head. It was, without vision, people perish. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, I will grow it out. It's okay. It's okay. I'm secure. <laughs> All right. That was my intro. I'm going to just, okay, dive into the work because, you know, no time for whatever. So, <laughs> everyone, say, God is love. And do you agree with that? Yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you. And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there are many things that are mentioned about love. Love is this, love is that. Do you guys know what the first one was? Love is patient. Love is patient. Okay, good students. Love is patient. God is love and love is patient. And then there was the first thing that was mentioned in the description of love. And I'm going to talk about how patient our God is tonight. Amen. God is perfect, and the patience of God, I believe, is God-sized patience. So his patience is really, really big, really, really long. I don't know how long, how big, but God is patient. I have no doubt about this statement. In Exodus 34, God himself shows up, and he speaks to Moses. It says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, Maintaining love to thousands and forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. That's how God described himself, Yahweh God, to Moses. And I want everyone to be on the same page with this. Um, Being patient with you, God being patient with you, and it's different than God tolerating with your sin. There's a complete difference. So I want to just go through, breeze through how kind of like gospel works, okay? So if you don't know this, you need to, you need to get this, okay? Sins are already committed. People committed sins and no one was righteous. And then the wage of sin is what? It's death. So you deserved death, death penalty. And without shedding of the blood, the Bible says there is no redemption. There is no forgiveness. And why can't he just forgive us? That's a lot of non-believers ask me. Why can't he just forgive us? Like, why do they, why, why, why is it needed? He's God. He does whatever he wants to do. Why can't he just forgive? Then I tell them this story. I want everyone here to think of a town and there was a murderer. Okay. I, 
I can never pronounce this right. Murderer, okay? <laughs> Serial murderer. It gets even harder. So let's say that there was a murderer in the town. <laughs> and then he killed so many people in the town. And let's say that there was a judge that was righteous. There was a judge, a righteous judge in the town, okay? So the murderer got caught. And he was brought to the court. And then the righteous and just judge faces him and says, you killed that person, you murdered that person, this person, you're a serial murderer, and I will just forgive you, go home. Do you think that judge is a righteous judge? Is he just? No, not at all. You know that all. God is a God of justice. He is a God of righteousness. It's his essence, it's his character that cannot be denied by himself. It's him. He is justice. He is righteousness. And for him to go against his own nature, it is impossible. That's why in Old Testament, God required the people of Israel to do animal sacrifices. So what they basically did is they projected the sin on the animal and they sacrificed the animal. The blood was shed and it was temporarily redeemed. Their sin were forgiven temporarily. So God, in long term, because we don't have a lot of animals to last forever, right? So God needed someone, someone perfect, someone blameless, someone spotless to die in our place. To every, for, for everyone. And he needed to take care of the sin of the whole world across the history of human beings. He needed someone outside of the time frame. Does that make sense? To forgive the sins of people in the 15th, 16th, 17th, 19th, 20th centuries, all of them. He needs someone who was perfect and timeless as well, who's not bound by time. That sounds like God himself. So God, when we were still sinners, he sent his one and only son, the perfect son, sinless son, timeless son in our place. And he took all our sin, all our curses, all our iniquities on the cross. And by that, God's justice was satisfied. Do you see that the punishment was taken by someone? So cross is where justice of God and love of God meet together. Justice is not compromised. Somebody took the price. He paid it. And love came down and took all our sins. And love was not damaged. Love was not held back. Do you see that picture? At the cross, it was done. So God is not compromising. God's not tolerating with your sin. Because it's already done, he can be patient with us. And now we enter the story. It's so easy. Whoever believes in him, whoever puts their faith and life in the message of the cross and claims it, it's yours. Redemption is yours. What Jesus did is for you. It's that easy. And do you see what I'm trying to get is, do you see how costly it was for God to buy you? For God to um, purchase your holiness? Do you see how costly, how expensive that was? He, he sent his one and only son, God himself, to the cross. So you were bought at a, this expensive cost and... He will not give up on what his son had to die for. Does that make sense? He's not going to give up on you. And he will be patient 
with all your mess-ups and sins because you are already His. You belong to Him already, and He's not going to give up on you. And He is patient with you, not so that you can take advantage of His grace and mercy, but so that you can overcome. I'm going to get to it later, but it makes perfect sense to me. So the first point that I want to make to everyone is this. God is patient with you. I want us to turn to your neighbors and say that God's patient with you. Uh God is patient with you. Sometimes, guys, as Christians, we get so hard on ourselves. I did that today. So an hour before before Friday fire, I was being so hard on myself. I felt like... As I was, you know, I was getting ready for the message, I felt like I didn't know the Lord. Uh, I felt like I don't know God's heart. I felt like I was not qualified to preach this word. And I was being so hard on myself. And that's the most terrible feeling in the world that you feel like you don't know him. It's because there were some questions that were like not solved in my spirit. And I felt like I couldn't answer all your questions, you know, which is impossible, quite impossible. But I was being so hard on me. And I was like, I'm not... Oh, you know, I'm not good enough to preach this message and whatever. I was crying. John Michael was trying to encourage me <laughs> in the mini room when you guys are praising. I was crying my eyes out. And I, I, I heard God speaking to me. You know what? I'm patient with you. Before you preach this message about me being patient, you got to know that I am patient with you. You know me. You are getting to know me. And you will know me better later. And be patient on your spiritual journey, on my relationship with you. And I just took it to my heart. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to make a mess then. (laughs) And, you know, here I am. And I know that God is patient with me. Amen? Yeah. And I have other testimonies as well. I, uh, a lot of you don't know, because I shared this testimony a long time ago, but I used to have bulimia, eating disorder. So I would eat and, like, purge, you know, uh, I had it for six years. The first three years before I got saved, the latter three years were after I got saved. And I would go on mission trips, and, and I, I was a devoted Christian. I understood God's grace. I wasn't like a church goer. I knew I loved the Lord, but I couldn't get out of this habit, uh, and, and, and I needed deliverance, right? Guilt didn't do it. Feeling bad about myself, it didn't do it. Fear, uh Fear of punishment, God's going to judge me. It didn't do it. I couldn't get over it by feeling all those bad feelings. Uh, But it was the kindness of God and goodness of him that was released to me that led me to repentance and eventually deliverance. Romans 2 forces, it was the goodness or kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And it was really, really true. I knew that God was really being patient with me. Six years, think about it, every single day, every morning, every night. God was really patient with me. And then when I realized that God's been not only waiting, but actively pursuing me through that all, just broke me at one point. It is perfect timing. I was delivered. And mercy triumphs over judgment. James 2.13, it says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Teachers and parents in this room, you know what I'm talking about. Threats, punishment, um, whatever, it cannot change your Hagun kid, okay? <laughs> but your mercy, your forgiveness, believing in them with patience, it will transform their life. 
It will. I've done the, you know, student teaching for one month, but it did. I, I have testimonies from that. Telling you, mercy triumphs over judgment. And my dad, I cannot not talk about my dad. Uh, he's an awesome man. He, my dad was really, really patient with me. Um, I took it for granted for 20 plus years. And I didn't even know uh, that he was that like special in his patience. But he's really, really patient man. Um, and I know it's God because he's not a Christian. He's never had a good father. If you know what kind of person my grandpa was, you wouldn't believe how awesome my dad is. Uh, seriously, my grandpa did not talk to my dad for his entire life, for like 50-something years that they spent together. Uh, but my, my dad is really, really awesome man. And he showed me so much patience. He never told me to like pressuring me quickly, quickly. He never did that to me. Even like time-wise, he always waited for me. He never hurried me. He never pressured me. He never rushed me. Never. I do not remember a single time he did that to me. And in terms of like academics, in terms of my faults, and when I was crazy about all these Korean celebrities, and I was like chasing after them, I would go to Seoul, I would not go home, I would sleep over on the street just to attend the concert and sit at a good seat and stuff like that. He knew it all. You know what? He knew it. Because I would like take a big blanket with me, you know? <laughs> and then I would lie to him that I'm, you know, whatever, you know? He knew it all, but like, he was so patient with me. He trusted me. He showed me just divine patience on me, right? And you know what? It was God. It wasn't my dad. It was God. God was demonstrating his patience through him to me me, uh, all throughout my life. And just like that, Father, Father, Heavenly Father, God is your Father. And just know that he's patient with you like that. Just like that because he's your daddy. And he's not yelling at you at this moment. He's not yelling at you, chastising you. He's not rushing you, hurrying you, bali-baliing you. He's not pressuring you. He, he's not doing that. He's patiently waiting for you. But yet not passively. Don't get that wrong. You know, some fathers, they just don't care. They just ignore. They pretend that they don't know what's going on. They kind of overlook. But that's not what God is doing. He's waiting patiently, yet not passively. You know, he's working in you as he's waiting patiently in your life. So, brothers and sisters, be patient with yourself. Be patient towards yourself. Do not be so hard on yourself like I did 30 minutes ago. Right? (laughs) Let's show ourselves some grace because the Father is showing us so much grace, abounding in love, patience, and faithfulness. God is really slow to anger. And we got to learn how to do that to ourselves. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Second point I want to talk to you about is this. He is patient with the lost. He is patient with the lost. Uh, I'm going to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. If you have your Bible, let's go there. It's a good word. 1 Timothy chapter 1, 12 to 16. I'm going to read it from ESV version. I'm sure everyone knows about the story of Paul, Apostle Paul, how he was Saul, and then God transformed him into Paul. You know, he was a persecutor of Christians, and then he became an apostle, a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is his confession. Chapter 1, verse 12. 
I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserve of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Uh, NIV says I am the worst of them all, something similar. But I received mercy for this, for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Amen. I'm going to go over the verse 16 again. I receive mercy for this reason. What's the reason? That in me, in the worst of the sinner, me, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience. In NIV, it says immense patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Now, I know all of you are praying for your lost family member, uh, your best friend, your cousins. I know all of us are praying for those people to come to the Lord. Now, if you look at it really carefully, if you're like meticulous, Paul's talking about those who will believe in him and therefore receive the eternal life. So he's talking about the people who will eventually get saved. Right? Do you agree with me? If you do the exegesis on this verse, it kind of sounds like that. And some of you... Some, some of you will ask me later, how do I know if they're going to be saved or not? How do I know if they're chosen or not? And you know my answer. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I do not have answer for that. I think it's okay not to know. Yeah, I think it's okay not to know. How do I know? Only God knows. It's the mystery that no one can touch. No one can understand. Oh, he's going to be saved. He's not going to be saved. You never know. Only the Lord knows. I think it's okay not to know. So I started calling myself um, Calvinian. If you know what Calvinist and Armenian and all that, like Calvinists, they believe in like God choosing you. You didn't choose God. You're saved by grace and you are not in a place to seek him and all that. And Armenianism, it's on the other side. You, you got to study on your own. Okay, this is not enough. But Armenianism, they, they believe that you have a choice to believe or not, you know? So you, you, you can choose to repent and choose not to repent. It's things like that. There are so much more. I'm just butchering this theory, but... Anyway, so I live like a Calvinist. I am a Calvinist. I live like one, and I live as one. I know I wasn't in a place to seek him. I never sought him. He sought after me. I know I am saved by grace, and I know it was irresistible grace of God. And I know he called me, he chose me. I never chose him, okay? So I know that I am a Calvinist. And I have no shame about that. I am a Calvinist. But I, when I pray for the lost, when I pray for my family, I pray like an Armenian. When I go on mission trips, I do missions like, an, like I'm an Armenian. I think there's nothing wrong about it because I don't know who's going to be saved, who's chosen, who's not. I treat them the same. I minister to them. I preach the gospel to them. As if I'm an Armenian. There's nothing wrong with that, I think. So I'm Calvinian, okay? <laughs> Live like a Calvinist, but pray for the lost like an Armenian, okay? So I'm a Calvinian, okay? Anyway, that's another topic. So 
And then Paul said it's an example that's given to us. So I claim it. I claim it for my mom. I claim it for my father. I claim it for my brother. I take it, Saul to Paul, as an example for my family. I do that. And at Sunday stream, we pray for the lost, uh, we pray for our families. And dang, so God did, God did something. That prayer did something to my family. So Sunday morning, I, we prayed for them. And I knew something was shifting in the spirit because I could sense it. And God told me to pray for them by name. It was mad awkward. I started like, I would pray for like, oh, I pray for my mom, my dad, and my brother. And then God was like, pray, them, pray for them by names. And I started praying, Choi byung is yours. Kim Won Suk's yours. Choi Seok Ju's going to be a worship leader. <laughs> you all know my private family names. But anyway, so I was like praying for them. As soon as I mentioned their names, I spit out their names. Dude, tears were flowing out of my, like, Ears and I was like, my my not my ears, my eyes, <laughs> my eyes, <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> oh my! And I knew, oh my, no thanks. Oh. And I knew, <laughs> oh. and I and I knew it was God's heart. It was like God's heart. So to me, he's my dad. He's my, she's my mom. And all that, but to God, it's Kim Eun-suk, Choi Myung-gyu, Choi Seok-ju, right? It's individuals. And then I just sense God's love for them. Because when I see them as my family members, I get frustrated. Oh, my mom, you know? Oh, when, you know, I get frustrated. But when I looked at them as individuals by name, God just gave me, released something fresh to my heart. And do that when you are alone at home, okay? Do that. <laughs> and then the same, same afternoon, uh, during the hillside worship time, as John was preaching up there, I got a text message from my brother. And all of a sudden, he said, he lives in Busan. And he was like, like I'm, in, I'm in Seoul. And I was like, what? what are you doing here? So he basically came to take an exam. And then he wanted to uh, meet up with me, right? And I was like, oh my goodness, this something. And I met up with him on Monday, which is my only free day. And then, you know, he was having some hangover. <laughs> so I bought him some kalbitang and we were just talking and I asked him about God. But how come, you know, how come you don't go to church anymore? I know you got water baptized in the army service, blah, blah, blah. Do you even believe in God? And I, I know, I didn't hear anything back from him, but I know it did something to him. I know he's chewing on it. I just know. He's my brother. And I know that was orchestrated by God. He's never come to Seoul like that before. For like last five, six years I lived in here. And then he came over to my house and then he got to see how I live and things like that, you know. And I just really loved on him as a changed person. And I know he did something to him. And then that same night, my, my, my dad texted me. He's, he was being really emo, like very emotional. <laughs> my daughter, I miss you. It's raining outside. Uh, I <laughs> just read your letter from year 2004 and I almost cried. That was a text message. 2004년에 네가 좀 편지 보고 눈물 찔끔. Something like that. So I was like, what the? Appa, you're being so emo. And then I called him. And then he was like, Appa, why did you open my letter? Like, it's from like seven years ago. And then my dad was like, I don't know, your mom just brought it out of the drawer. And then we started reading it together. We just cried together. 
We just both my our eyes out together. And I was like, oh, and then, oh, God. you know, and God was, you know what? God was like, speak words of affirmation on him, like pour more on him. And I was like, Appa, Appa, I met so many people in Seoul for the last six years. I met so many awesome friends and so many awesome Christian families. But I've never seen a father like you. I told him honestly, I've never met someone who had a better father than I did. And I, Appa, you are the best father in the world. Appa, 최고라고. And then I told him that I love him. Appa, in Busan, Satori, dude, it's so awkward. <laughs> like, Appa, 사랑해. That sounds just, eh, it's just, they don't say that, but I did. Like, people don't say that, but Appa, 사랑해. <laughs> and then, as soon as I said that, I, I, as I was, like, giving words of affirmation, he was choking up. He couldn't even reply, you know, like, react to me. He was choking up. <laughs> You know, all that? And then he was like, when I said 사랑해, he broke. <laughs> but I knew what was going on. I knew God was doing that. As he was getting older, my concern was his heart was getting really like, it's becoming like a stone heart. You know what I'm saying? He used to be really full of emotion and things like that. But as he was getting older, he was losing it. And I knew God was softening his heart as he was talking to me. And, you know, what the heck? Why did he open the letter all of a sudden? You know, I don't even remember what I wrote. But probably like, I love you, you know? So I knew what God was doing. It happened on the same day, you know? And then he couldn't speak anymore, so he gave the phone to my mom. And my mom, same thing. I told her I love her. And she was choking up. <laughs> she was a little better. She said, Nado. <laughs> Me too. I love you too. She, she said, Nado. And then, you know, man, my family is cute. But anyways, I'm lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I take the example of Paul and I claim that. Who were my mom, my dad, and my brother? I honestly don't know if they're going to be saved or not. I do not know, but I take it in faith. Faith is hope for what is not sin. So I take it in faith, and I take it for everyone around me who is still lost. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do that. I just do it. Like I, I claim it for my best friend, for my family. And, and you know what? When you, you look at them with your own eyes, you get frustrated, and you want to give up. And then you see how far they've gone away from the Lord, how hard, harshly they are backsliding. You focus on those things, their sin, and you get impatient. And you lose your heart. You know, you get stumbled. But when you look at them, knowing how patient God is with them, you hear him say, I am patient with them. I am patient with them. I am patient with them. Then you get strengthened. You gain a new energy. And then you pray from that place of just, you know, the strength. You speak with faith, you know. And we have to understand God is really patient with the lost. He's searching for them. He's seeking after them, you know. Amen? In 2 Peter 3.9, uh, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Mm. So let's not give up. Contend for those who you've been praying for. Um, no matter how far it seems like, no matter how terrible their sins look like, let's not give up. Jesus came for the sinners. He came for the sick. And God is patient with them. 
and he's there for them. So that's it. God is patient. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you've been so patient to us, God. That your patience has never ended, oh Father. We haven't seen the end of it yet, Lord. And God, we thank you that each and every one of us sitting here, Father, we sit in your mercy and grace, oh Father. And God, you showed us the perfect patience that you showed to Paul, Father. And when you, when we didn't know you, you were seeking after us. You were chasing after us with your love, oh Father. And now we are here. And God, we just pray, oh Father, just in faith, oh Father, we just claim that, Lord, uh, for the people who do not know you yet. And God, people who are lost, God. Father, we do not know all the mysteries. We do not understand all the mysterious things that you do, things like salvation. God, we do not know, but Lord, we just claim in faith, oh Father, because we want to see them coming to you, oh God, and having relationship and intimacy with you, God. We just pray, Father, that you will be patient with them and that you will draw near to them, oh Father. And God, we just thank you, God, that you are the God of love and mercy, oh God. And that mercy is so powerful, Lord. And God, I just pray, Father, that when you deal with us, oh Father, in our sins, in our um, mistakes and errors, God. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that you, yeah, just like you've been, be patient with us, God. And Lord, teach us how to be patient with ourselves, God. And Lord, we Take this word of Father, word of encouragement to our hearts tonight. And God, we just, yeah, love you, Lord, so much. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.